Here it is. Again. And it's called... I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. And Bebo plays for Muffy's party. We bring you an act. They'll just boggle your mind. The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey, everybody. I'm Joseph. And I'm Rob. Welcome to the August-September edition of Eep Ives and Eep Uts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave 1976 to 1986. So we're finally moving into an era of music that is shaping up to be kind of what the bulk of our listening experience is, I think. You know, um, I think most of the music we've been listening to as, as young people is is kind of culminating right now and i'm pretty excited to to, to be listening to uh, the playlist for tonight mm-hmm. so what are we going to listen to first well i i think we should kick it off with one of my favorite songs how about uh dislocation by ultrabox Dislocation by Ultravox is off of their third album called Systems of Romance and the last album uh, where Ultravox is fronted by John Fox. So we, I, I think we both probably have a lot to say about this album. Um, but first, we need to step back and just uh, talk about this episode a little bit so it's august and september of 1978 um i'm pretty excited this is a a pretty great and wild playlist um how are you feeling about this playlist well i'm loving the playlist actually yeah Yeah. i'm pretty excited about it there's so many bands in here that that I've loved all my life, and then some bands that I just recently gained a super appreciation for, so I'm stoked. Okay, so let's dive into our first album here, uh, the aforementioned Systems of Romance by Ultravox. This is their third album and the last one with John Fox. Um, I like this album. This this is a pretty influential album. I would say of the three first three Ultravox albums, this is the most well revered. Um, how are you feeling about it? Uh, well, I'm loving the album. Um, as I was saying earlier to you, this the more I listen to Ultravox, 
And then the more I listen to this album, it's becoming my favorite album of theirs, actually. Mm -hmm. Really into Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, the song we heard at the top of the show, Dislocation, that was your pick off of this album. Right. Very, very on brand of you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, no surprises there. I, I would be... I wouldn't be surprised a single bit if, um, like, bands like Joy Division were mindful of this song. This this song really sounds like a precursor to a lot of the sort of, like, proto-goth stuff that's about Mm. to come out. Um, Yeah. Now, the, the whole album is, I mean... I would say that this that song dislocation is the is the the song that goes the furthest in that direction off of this album. So there are a fair amount of songs that sound like they would fit in just fine uh, on their last album. Ha ha ha. Um, so it's a cons- it's a it's it's a much more consistent album than their first album for sure. Yeah. Uh, but the energy level is um, a little bit more subdued than ha ha ha. Mm-hmm. And it's not as sharp and spiky, which I loved about that album. So I'm, I think I'm still kind of adjusting to this album. Well, it's, it, a, it's a different energy for sure. Yeah, it is a different energy. They kind of feel like they're moving. I mean, it's totally, it's not punk at all, you know. Um, it feels like they are shaping up to be something quite interesting. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what, but quite interesting. Yeah, I I think it's a real shame that that John Fox didn't stick with Ultravox. I would love to have heard their next album after this. Um so this is, this is also their first album without Stevie Shears too. Yeah, that's right. And um Something else notable about this album, Gary Newman. You know who Gary Newman is oh, yeah, um, yeah. of uh, the the synth pop classic, The Cars. Is that's his most famous song? Um, he he describes this record as his single biggest musical inspiration. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So let's listen to another song off of this album. Um, This is my pick called Quiet Man that has a little bit more of a ha-ha-ha energy, which I I guess is maybe why I've gravitated towards it. Quiet Man definitely has a little more ha 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 to it. I gotta give you that, and mm-hmm. uh, I don't. I think I think you're you're dead on um, when you say that this is kind of, you know, you mentioned to me that this was kind. of, You felt like it was not their third album, but maybe it should have 
been like their second album because it's kind of a bridge into what you know, what comes later. Yeah, um, it is. It's it, it it is. It's it's sort of like half of their first album and then half of their second album. So it it seems odd that it came after, as a third yeah. album. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Um. Yeah, I honestly, I I have only listened to this album about three times, so I need to. I haven't quite fallen in line with the energy on this album. I, it hasn't quite clicked with me, but I know I'm gonna get there. I, I just, I, f I feel like I need to spend some more time with it. There's a couple of albums that are like that, where I feel like there's something. There's something special about it, but I haven't quite delved into it enough to, to really discover it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, about this album, I just have to say there was only one song on this album I didn't love, mm -hmm. and I still mm -hmm. liked that song. You know. Oh, really? So you're yeah. you're you are you are enthusiastically endorsing this album as I far as I, yeah? I mean, okay, that's great. I was really jazzed about it. Yeah, it's great. Okay. All right, let's move on to the Ramones. Um, gosh, uh, I mean, at this point, it's like, what, their ninth or tenth album? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that, that's what it feels like. <laughs> no, it, it's actually their fourth album called Ro Road to Ruin. Um, this was one of the albums that I didn't get to because I just ran out of time. Yeah. Now, I, I'm familiar with this album because we listened to it and discussed it during the mini dive uh, back in season one. Um, and I... Um, well, I think you can guess how I felt about this album. <laughs> yeah, it probably didn't do much for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked it, kind of liked it, didn't love it. It was all right. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> That's um, my response to every single thing Ramones about the Ramones. Yeah. It's all right. Well, as far as me, now you know, you know, I'm a Ramones fan, right? Um, oh yeah. This uh, this album is probably one of my three least favorite albums that we're covering tonight. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I just don't. I don't get how you can love their previous album and not care for this one because they really <laughs> it's they always just sound like the Ramones to me. Yeah, well of course. And yeah. and don't get me wrong, you, you know, I'm not saying I don't like it. Um there's some really classic songs on here and these are these are some great songs, songs that I absolutely love. It's just we have so much good stuff on this playlist. Mm, it's hard, mm -hmm. man. It, we, mm -hmm. Our job is tough, Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I deferred to you as far as the song we're going to hear tonight, and um, you you pulled the Captain Obvious on this one. I did. Yeah, yeah I did. And this is which, this is the big softy. Which, yeah, that's uh, and that's totally your prerogative. Yeah. This is the big softy in me. Um, my my daughter, well, when she was born, even before she was born, we were playing the Ramones. But when she was born, she listened to a lot of Ramones, and she had a couple favorites. 
um, this particular song that I chose was her very favorite. And she used to sing it like as a toddler. Running around the house singing this song is just great when you hear it coming from a toddler. I mean, I, it's amazing. Are you sure we haven't played this before? <laughs> no, we haven't okay. played this before. We okay. The song we played before... Because I've heard this her story several times before. Yes, yes, you have. She, well, she's still a huge fan of the Ramones. I mean, she's, I think she's wearing a Ramones shirt right now. <laughs> cool, cool. So I chose I Want to Be Sedated, obviously. So I actually have a little uh, factoid about this album. Surprise, okay. surprise. Great, yeah. Uh, and you, you probably know this, but maybe um, some of our listeners don't. The Bad Brains got their name from one of the songs off of this album. Mm-hmm. The song Bad Brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yep. Another band that's just really great too. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to when we get to them. Um yeah, me too. Yeah, that's that's gonna be a lot of fun. It's been a long time since I've spent um any quality time with the bad brains. Okay. And, um oh hey. We forgot we forgot our little our new little routine before we move on to the next album so uh let's just circle back the first album we discussed was ultravox's third album called systems of romance yeah uh should this be uh in serious consideration for those of our listeners playing along as far as coming up with a top 10 list of 78 yeah i give it a big thumbs up yeah yeah, uh, yeah, my suspicion. I mean, I'm n- not familiar with it enough yet to have a sense of whether it's not gonna whether it's gonna be on my list or not. But um, just from what I know about it historically, as as far as it the influence that it has, I think it has to be considered. Yeah. Uh, now, um, the Ramones' fourth album, "Road to Ruin." I guess if you're a Ramones fan, you you mm-hmm. have to consider it, but um, it's sure not going to pop up on my my best of list. Um, I think it's a great album. I I'm hesitant to putting it on the list, only yeah. because there's so much other good stuff that I think I I'd probably put ahead of it. Um, 
And that, that kind of makes me feel a little bit bad because I am a, a fan of the Ramones. Um, and specifically a handful of songs on this album. But to be honest, the handful of songs that I really like are probably the only songs that I think are great. You know, it's the only great thing about this album. So mm-hmm. I'm willing to leave them off of my list. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the other album that I didn't get around to listening to. <laughs> not, you know, not because I absolutely hate hate it or anything, but it's just... You know, I it was just the lowest priority for me, and that's the Runaways' uh, mm-hmm. fourth and final album called "And Now the Runaways." So, uh, we have talked about <laughs> the inclusion of the Runaways in this podcast, yeah, before, and that is um, that is uh, the Runaways. Us talking about all four of their albums, that was kind of dealer's choice as far as you went, right? That was your Mm -hmm. prerogative as a host. Because there is nothing punk or new wave about this album at all. It is um, straight ahead hard rock. I haven't listened to the album, but listening to the one song that um, you picked... I feel like I'm not missing anything. Yeah, from well, this. This, this is this is rough. This is definitely a rock album. Um, and again, uh, you know, we kind of, at least I kind of felt like the Runaways needed to be on this podcast because they they had punk leanings and they were kind of there when it all started. Um, but yeah, you know, and, there's uh, one. I will. I I just want to note. That their first album, there are moments on their first album, most most specifically Cherry Bomb, where you put it on a compilation of early punk songs, and it yeah. sounds totally at home. Yeah, So absolutely. I acknowledge that, but anything past that first album just doesn't have any, I don't feel like it really has anything to do with the kind of music that this podcast covers. Right. I mean, I, I know that the Runaways were hanging out with a lot of punk bands and friendly mm-hmm. with a lot of punk bands, but the actual output is, it's just hard rock. <laughs> so, so was Sean Anna, for that matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wouldn't call that punk either. <laughs> are we covering Sean Anna? Well, that's an idea. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just saying they were hanging out with punk bands too, but that doesn't make okay. <laughs> All right, so what song are we gonna hear? I picked uh, I picked a good old rockin' tune. I picked Black Leather. So if this is your favorite song off of this album, that is 
probably the least compelling argument you could come up with for me to actually go and listen to this album. This song doesn't do anything for me. I, I like the lyrics. I think the lyrics are funny. Now this was, who was this written by? Um, okay. This was, I don't even remember. Um, someone notable. Uh, first of all, uh, while you look that up, um, yes. I will just point out that I think at least half of the songs off of this album are covers. So a lot of cover tunes. Uh, another reason for me to not feel too compelled to go and check this album out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this album, or this song, Black Leather, was actually written by none other than Steve Jones and his former bandmate, Paul Cook. Yeah, and I, I just I love the fact it's a it's a song called Black Leather, and you think right. I didn't know exactly what the song was going to be about, but I didn't think the last my last <laughs> guess would have been this is a song about how uncomfortable it is to wear black leather. Right. <laughs> you know, I was really careful not to pick Eight Days a Week by John Lennon and Paul McCartney on this album. Actually, I think that song. By the Runaways, I think it's horrible. Um, that's a horrible <laughs> cover. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I, I actually really like this song, and uh, you know, I kind of I kind of feel like the album's only okay. When I mentioned that the Ramones was one of our one of my least three favorite albums on our playlist, um, and now the Runaways is also one of my three least albums on this playlist. Yeah, so uh, as far so you are a Runaways fan. Um, right. How would you now that we've talked about all four of their albums? How would you rank them? Would you just rank them chronologically from first best to fourth worst? I I think that that's probably the way it's go. It's gone for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is the Runaways' fourth and final album called, and now the Runaways. Um, I can't imagine it's going to make an appearance on the best of 78. Seems no. highly unlikely. <laughs> Not on my list, unfortunately. <laughs> so let's move on to an album that, that has a real strong chance. This is the Buzzcocks' second album called Love Bites. And um, this is... Well, it's a Buzzcock al album, so it is <laughs> pretty great. I yeah. I don't think of their original incarnation, you know, when they were releasing those first albums in the late 70s, early 80s, before they reformed later on. They they didn't make a bad album. They uh, they're remarkably consistent output and this is uh this is one of them. How, how, now, I mean, it is. It has a distinctly different flavor than the first LP, right? Um, but he he's got a a pretty standard formula songwriting formula at this point. It's a good one, um, but you know, there's there's not a lot of surprises sonically on this album. Um, what did you think? Well, I, I, 
I don't know. I, I think maybe you're right about not not being surprising, but I do think that it has. Um, I don't know. The feel of it is a bit different. It, to me, it feels a little more jaunty. Um, mm-hmm. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean, it feels mm-hmm. a little a little bouncier. Um, a little but, a, a little bouncier, a little um, frothier. Y- yeah. Yeah, and a little, go. little less angsty. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. And therefore not quite as barbed. I kind of like the barbed quality of their first mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I want to say this before we play any of the songs off this album. This happens to be my favorite album of our playlist. Um, I, I love uh, almost every, every song on this album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, so overall, do you prefer it to their first LP? No. No? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> no, it's it's my favorite of tonight, but I think the mm-hmm. other one's the other one's better. And, it, and it, it, again, it's just the feel of it. You know, I like that barbed feel, too. Yeah, yeah. So, Captain Obvious, did you happen to pick the <laughs> most popular Buzzcock song ever to feature I'm, tonight? I, you know, I must have. Um, and the funny thing is, is that I've had this song in my head for years and for some reason never just come out and said, oh, yeah, it's the Buzzcocks. Um, and, I, you know, it's, it's like I, I don't even know where I hear it, but I hear it every once in a while places. It must be played in movies. It must be, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At any rate, I chose Ever Fallen in Love with someone you shouldn't have. go on Spotify and look at the top Buzzcock songs, um, this is by far the most popular one. And I, it has always puzzled me why that is. Now, don't get me wrong, I love this song, but Mm -hmm. I don't love it any more than 10 or 15 other Buzzcock songs. I, I, in fact, I feel like the Buzzcocks kind of have the same dynamic as the Ramones in the sense that they are so (laughs) consistent um, and so kind of predictable, you know, it's from, from song to song, but I just like what I like the Buzzcock shtick much more than the Ramones, so yes. I don't get bored by it. But they yeah. they are uh, just so consistent uh, from song to song off of this album. Uh, I, I, do you have any insight why this is the song that is the 
the most popular yeah. and well known? You know, you know what I think. It's it's the it's the music. I mean, it is so catchy. Even in my head right now, I can I can run it through my head without singing it. It's it's you know it gets stuck in my head and I cannot shake it. And I'm not even okay. kidding. It you hear it everywhere you go. Okay, well that is a perfect segue into my pick because I think the lipstick is even catchier. Oh, okay. Now, Rob, you remember uh, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about Magazine's debut album. Uh-huh. And, of course, Magazine was, um, that was a band that was fronted by a member of, and a founding member of the Buzzcocks, who decided that he wanted to go in into a different direction. Right. right. Uh, and we featured a couple of songs off of that album. I think actually we featured three. And, but we didn't feature the most famous song off of that, that album called, I believe it's called Shot From Both Sides. Mm-hmm. And it has the exact same riff as this song, Lipstick, that we just heard. Um, and they they had actually, um, you know, the two, two lead members of, the, of either band, they sat down together and they, they came up with that riff together and then they went and wrote two separate songs. Yeah. Um, I have since I was a teenager I was I've been familiar with and I have always loved the song Lipstick so it was so jarring for me to hear that exact same riff in um shot by both sides uh and I greatly prefer this version of of the song but I I think this is an insanely catchy song in fact it, this is a song that's been stuck in my head all weekend Oh, fantastic. Well, I'm glad you picked it. Honestly, I didn't even listen to this song when I listened to the album because I only listened to the original release as opposed to the reissued, you know, with extra tracks. Lipstick was a was a bonus track. And, oh, really? Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. Um, but I'm glad that you picked it anyway because <laughs> it is a great song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, Way to be on the ball with your getting your facts straight. Yeah, well. And keep keeping me on the straight and narrow. All right, anything else to say about Love Bites, the yeah. second LP by Buzzcocks? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a contender. Okay. 
Uh, I think so too. I I think um, uh, at least one, if not both, of the Buzzcocks al- albums released in. Uh, 1978 are gonna make it onto the top ten. Um, yeah. If if I was a betting man, I I, I would I would bet five bucks that that that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll back you up on that bet. <laughs> okay. So let's move on to the 600 pound gorilla of. August and September. That is Blondie's third album, Parallel Lines. This is... If... If the Cars debut album was the crack in the in the dam that was top 40... U- U.S. top 40 radio, mm-hmm. this is the album that just burst it open. Yeah, um, for sure. The notable singles were Hanging on the Telephone, Heart of Glass, Sunday Girl, and One Way or Another. Um, it's um, is Rolling Stones' 140th greatest album of all time. It hit number one in the UK and number six in the US, which was much higher than the Cars debut album hmm, uh, interesting. did. So this was a uh, this this was the album here in the U.S. that that said, "Hey, new wave, check us out, baby. We aren't going yeah. anywhere." <laughs> I think think that's a direct quote from Debbie Harry. <laughs> <laughs> well, this this album, you know, I I love Blondie as well, and uh, you know, there's just so many songs on this album that are. That are obvious, you know, and I know you, you point at me as being uh, uh, obvious at, at choosing my music, but every single song on this album practically is a is a pick. You know what I mean? It, you, I don't know. Um, I but, highly dispute that. Yeah, I know. I know you do. I know you do. It's. I think it's a great album. Um, okay, I, I will. I will let you say your piece, and then I will. I will go off the rails about this album. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I was just going to say that I, I think it is a great album, and there are a lot of iconic tunes off of it. Um, as far as whether or not Blondie is, at this point, punk or new wave, well, that that's kind of up in the air. Oh, this is a total new wave album. No no yeah. dispute there whatsoever okay. um, to me. What, what yeah. you... you you Lots think there's some punk left in in this no. album? No, 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 no. no. At all. Yeah, yeah. No, this is this is quintessential new wave album. Yeah. So I agree with everything that you just said about this album. Mm-hmm. Um, it has some fantastic new wave songs, some just absolute classics, and yeah. I love. Every one of the singles off of this album, um, I, I, I just know early new wave compilation playlist is complete without many of these songs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, no kidding. Uh, but I, as we go through this podcast, I 
am liking Blondie less and less. Um, mm-hmm. They are <clears throat> they are so hot and cold. It's basically uh, since you and I are are total sports guys. Right? We're total sports uh, okay. guys, right? Okay, sure. <laughs> I played some baseball back in middle school, so I'm totally qualified to make this analogy. Um, okay. <laughs> so, Blondie, they are like those, the, um, and honestly, I'm not sure if these these ball players exist in real life, but you see them all the time in movies. So the sluggers that they come to to plate and they either hit runs or they completely strike out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a band like Ecstasy um, or Wire, for mm-hmm. instance, where... Mm-hmm. Every single time at bat, it's a double or a triple and occasionally, uh, you know, a home run. But it is, you know, they never strike out. Every every song is like super solid, very focused. Some of them work better than others, but they're all on track. And whereas Blondie, every once in a while, they just connect with the ball and it just goes out of the ballpark and then everything else is just a big fat nothing to me (laughs) i mean there are songs that are fantastic songs and then there's nothing burgers and i feel like a grounder into right field yeah half of these songs are like nothing burgers to me and Mm -hmm. i uh particularly dislike the song that you picked but as fantastic (laughs) <laughs> As I've been listening to it, I think it's a perfect song to listen to because it's sort of like I see it as a little uh, microchasm of of the dynamic that I'm talking about. So when you mm-hmm. listen to this song, the the chorus. So when it gets into with the back background vocals and the little call and response thing, I think that is pretty nifty. I like that. But the everything leading up to it, all of the, the verse and the bridge, is just like they suddenly forgot how to write a song. You know, it's not working for me at all. And yeah. that's, you know, it's like they're, they are so hot and cold. Um, so anyways, that I... <laughs> Obviously, I feel very <laughs> passionate about... Yeah. Well, so what it was was I was... If you had at, at the beginning of the season, if you had asked me to guess what my top ten albums of the year would be, I would have I would have said this album because oh, I loved so many of the songs. But right. and when we were when we did our deep dive on Blondie, this was by far my favorite Blondie album and still is. And mm-hmm. you know, as I was listening to it in context of other Blondie albums, I was really loving the album, but you put it up side by side with all, with the Buzzcocks and Ultravox and man, they, it's just, just not working for me except for when it really works. Yeah. So well, that, that's, that's exactly why I had, I had a hard time with uh, the Ramones and the Runaways. 
um, you know, because up against all these other bands, there's just no, no mm -hmm. competition there. Um, now, as far as my love for this album or my like for this album, I should say, um, I like most of the songs, but you're dead right when you, when you say that, you know, if it's not a great song, it's a nothing burger. And, and that kind of is how I felt about, it. I, I can't call this my favorite song or one of my, my, my favorite album or one of my favorite albums in, in the set, even mm -hmm. though I like more than half the songs. Yeah. Cause the ones yeah. I don't like, I really don't like. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, what is the song that you picked? Well, I chose Just Go Away. Pick just go away, probably because everything else was an obvious choice. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and and I don't think just go away is a great song, but as far as the songs on the album that I, um, you know, that I would pick, I, I think I would pick all the obvious choices, and I tried to stay away from those. Just go away, I kind of like it. But I only kind of like it. And what I do like about it is exactly what you pointed out. Um, you know, there's some really cool elements about the song. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But uh, as far as the songs that aren't great on the album, that's probably the better one of them. Mm -hmm. Well, it is my turn to uh, pull a Captain Obvious uh, as far okay. as my pick goes. But it's, you know... In this situation, I had to because I really only like the hits for for Blondie. So, and I wasn't gonna yeah. pick a song that I. So I I picked the the one hit that I really like that was kind of the least famous, which is uh, Sunday Girl. There, I thought you were going to say Heart of Glass or One Way or Another. 
Um, good, good, good going on Sunday, girl. Well, and I actually do prefer those songs more. But like I said, I was trying to, I was trying to, to pick a balance between. Yeah. Not too obvious, but still liking it. And and I do like Sunday Girl a lot. I I think it's a it is a, uh, uh, if not a home run, it's a solid triple for Blondie. Yeah, just definitely. torturing that metaphor as as far as, far as we possibly can. <laughs> as ambivalent sure as I am about this album, uh, I feel like, and of course this is Blondie's Parallel Lines, a third album, the breakthrough album. Um, I think it's almost almost a certainty that it is going to make an appearance on the the best of the year list. Yeah. Um it's just yeah. it's too iconic not to. Um but I, I just you know, if they had if it if they had released a long EP, it would be one of the greatest things ever, you know. And yeah. just cut cut out all the filler stuff. So, so I think it'll be on. I think it'll be on the list. It won't be on mine necessarily. And really, again, even though that surprises me. Well, even though I'm a Blondie fan, man, I am just eating up a lot of really good stuff lately. And you know, if I were to pick my top ten, Blondie might be a number eleven. Ah, because Blondie so, actually made it onto your top ten all-time yeah. favorite new wave bands. Yeah. And it and it's still early. I mean, it's still early. They may mm. actually this you know parallel lines might actually make it onto my list. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But you know, since we did that episode, uh, I've learned a whole lot, <laughs> and I've and I've heard a whole lot of music. So mm. Um, mm. that list of mine is always changing, as I'm sure yours is too. Yeah, yeah. So do you remember last month? It feels like a year ago, but um, last month's episode, at the end, we went out on a mystery song. Do you remember that? Um, I do. It was a it was a teaser, little teaser for September. Uh, excuse me, for October and September releases. I picked the most obscure band um, that we were going to talk about and played a song by them to see if anyone could identify them. And oh, as far wow. as I know, nobody has. I, I haven't nobody seen any mention yeah. of it. You weren't familiar with the song. You, you couldn't have identified them, right? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I couldn't have before I went and picked out the song. Well, the song was a song called... Um, Marching Men, off of an album called Ghosts of Princes in Towers. Yeah. By the, uh, which was the one and only album by Rich Kids. And I guess the most significant thing about Rich Kids is that is the band that Glenn Matlock, uh, the bass player, um, the original bass player of the Sex Pistols uh, was in after he left the Sex Pistols. So how are you feeling about this album? Yeah, I don't feel about this album at all. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it was the first album I listened to when I was preparing for this. And I struggled to not fast forward it 
path to every single song I was yeah. listening to. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I make marks by all my songs that I really like. And this album doesn't have any marks next to any of the songs. It's got question marks, but no, no check marks. Like, yes, this is one I may choose. This is one I may choose. No, they're all question marks. And there's only four of those. So, <laughs> so I, I really did not like this album. Yeah, so I, that's a big ditto for me. I, I find this um, bland, uninspired, no sense of like, I mean, they're very accomplished musicians, but they're, there's no spark there. It, it sounds tired and um, uninspired and just mediocre. Now, yeah. something remarkable about their how unremarkable it is in okay. the sense that <laughs> it sounds like a bland, unremarkable, mediocre album released in 1988 not in 1978 yeah so they are yeah. kind of visionary in their <laughs> mediocrity mm -hmm. so uh kudos to them for that mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> for being ahead yeah, of their time are, uh, <laughs> you know i i i don't know i i picked i picked strange one which is the first song, uh first track off the album and to me it felt like it was recorded in two different studios at two different times you know music and and vocals and you know they were hoping that it fit together it was i don't know it just the whole thing was pretty sad pretty puzzled by this album too and you know so I did a little research and they had a mild hit in the UK with um, the title track which was right. I guess it was released as a single before the album was released mm -hmm. uh, but boy it didn't do anything for me um, I kind of the the song that we heard last month as the teaser marching men had kind of a cool sound to it, but the yeah. songwriting is not particularly remarkable. Now, we're going to include that song in our playlist if you want to listen to the whole when thing. When we play Marching Men at the end of an episode, you can listen to that and go, oh, this is kind of a cool song. But when you hear the entire album, it just fizzles, you know, and nothing yeah. sounds good. So it's, yeah. it's weird how, how the influence is, you know... Yeah, how that influences how you hear it, things. It it really feels like a bunch of 
seasoned musicians going through the motions, you know? Yeah. Uh, so um, it, very, very uninspired, bland um, outing uh, as far uh, I, as I'm concerned. I did read I did read where some critics said in retrospect that uh, Ghosts of Princes and Towers was a really good song and that it deserved more credit. And, um, you know, I, I mean, I thought it sounded kind of fun, but I again... I don't know. I, maybe we just need to chop it up and listen to it sing these, you know, the song singularly. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that is Rich Kid's one and only album called Ghosts of Princes in Towers. Doesn't stand a chance in hell of making no, the best. Not at all. Sorry. Sorry, Rich Kids. Okay. So this is where it gets exciting. I, yeah. I intentionally left sort of um, the best for last, more or less. Um, we get to talk about Wire's second album, Chairs Missing. Now, we have talked about this album quite a bit because we've done sure. our deep dive on Wire. Uh -huh. um, we've heard... The songs Outdoor Minor and your the song that you picked was I Feel Mysterious Today, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So we've already heard those two songs. This is my very favorite Wires uh, album, um, which is kind of an upset from, you know, how I felt for the last 20 years about Wire. Uh, when we did our deep dive, I really right. I connected with this album. Um, and your favorite album was Pink Flag, Everybody's right? favorite. Everybody's yeah. favorite album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Pink Chair. <laughs> Pink Flag. Yeah. Well, I think it's, um, as I've been listening to this playlist and listening to the song that you picked and listening to the song I picked off of mm -hmm. this album, I think it's a little ironic because the song that I picked Fit, would fit more on Pink Flag, and the song that you picked would fit more on 154, the third album. Yeah. And I Feel Mysterious Today has much more of a 154 flavor to it than mm -hmm. it does Pink Flag. So I'm really excited when we get to 154, because I think you are you are going to click with that album. I well, I remember you ranked it actually a lot lower than I anticipated. Right. Uh, but anyways, we're talking about Chairs Missing, my favorite. I, I'm about wire to give album. you I'm about to give you an upset right here. Oh yeah. Okay, uh -huh. I'm going to I'm going to hit you with something here. So this last weekend, um, I actually went to an outing. A very dear friend of mine, Pete, had a birthday party and uh, you know, we're all we're all outdoors. Oh, I know a Pete. Are you talking? Are we talking about yeah. the same Pete? Yeah. Yes, we okay. are. Okay. Um, Pete B. Pete, Let's call yeah, him and Pete B. He is a, yeah. Pete is a faithful listener to our podcast, as a matter of fact. Oh, very um, nice. Yeah. I, I haven't seen him in 20 years. Yeah, yeah. He And he remembers you fondly. Um, mm. So we talked a bit about, actually, about the podcast, but also with his son, who is also a very dear friend of mine, Zach. We talked about Wire specifically. Oh, nice. And, and Zach's favorite album is, well, everybody else's favorite album, uh, Pink Flags. Pink Flag is, is a great album, but I'll tell you, in doing the research for this, and I said this to Zach, 
my favorite album has become Chairs Missing. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Yeah. Um this this is a this is such a good album. Yeah. Um I you know, typically at the end of the rundown episodes we we give our best of show ribbons. But I, I don't I mean why I mean you've you've already revealed what your best of show is, the Ultra oh, yeah. Box. Oh, yeah. And this this is by far my my favorite of of the albums released well, during this period. You, you and may... I think this is gonna for my for me personally, for my list, this is gonna be the album to beat for best yeah. of seventy eight. Yeah, it's definitely on the list. By the way, I want to say you, that you'll find this to be very nice. You'll 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 appreciate this. In talking to Zach about Chairs Missing, and he's a big fan of Pink Flag, he said Chairs Missing might actually be a better album. Thinking mm-hmm. about it, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, do you know what uh, what the title of the album Chairs Missing refers to? I do not. So it is apparently it is slang for like a little off, like in the head, sort uh-huh, of like uh-huh. he's got a couple chairs missing in his living room, dining room yeah. or something like that. Gotcha. Sort of like a couple of cards short of a full deck right, sort of thing. Right. So there's that. Oh. Hey, rather than us just stating over and over about how great the music <laughs> is on this album. Let's um, put our money where our mouth is. And okay. um, we'll start with my pick, which is I Am The Fly. I am the fly in the ointment. I can spread more disease than the fleas which nibble away at your window display. Yes, I am. not a fan of songs where they just repeat the same words over and over again but if there is one band that pulls it off and they they don't do it that often but they've done it like this in 12xu which is another favorite uh wire song of mine mm-hmm. uh, they are they are so mindful of of how they use the words that they use. And I can't imagine that when they were putting this song together, they weren't going, okay, we're just going to have a couple of words. How can we make it as unpredictable (laughs) as possible? Because try singing along with this song because they are constantly changing up the, the rhythm and the, um, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? The the syntax of mm-hmm. the syllables, and I am the I am the fly. I mean, th- there's no like 
obvious pattern to it. So this is a really hard song to sing along to flawlessly, which I just love. And I think it's a super catchy song. Well, I it's a I, catchy ornery song. I am like wondering if they ever perform this song live. If it, it, they must have, but how you know they couldn't have gotten it the same each time. I mean, they just couldn't have. I have a new motto, which is yeah. never underestimate wire. Yeah, I, I it, bet man. they did it flawlessly. You're probably I, right. I put, I put nothing past those guys. I mean, I mean, the whole album's just freaking amazing. So, you know, there was no shortage of, of songs to choose. Um, you know. So, and, what song did you choose? Um, the song that I listened to, I have heard about 80 times already. <laughs> I, I chose "Practice Makes Perfect." This makes perfect, yes, I can prove it. Business or pleasure, the more that you do it. Please dress in your best things. This course was unplanned. Cause you see, up in my bedroom, I've got Sarah Bernard's hands. so excited about the prospect of you of us visiting again 154 because if yeah. you love this song i mean this is such a 154 song yeah yeah well i'm i'm looking forward to giving it another hit that's for sure yeah yeah um Okay, so that is Wire's second album, my very favorite Wire album. Uh, and, and mine, and mine. Excellent. The yeah. um, This is going to be the album to beat as far as the my, my favorite album of 1978. Mm-hmm. You def- if, if, you, if you submit your list to us and say at the bottom... I didn't bother listening to Chairs Missing. I think we might have to disqualify your list. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like this album doesn't just deserve the consideration. I feel like it deserves to be on the list. And it's going to be on my list for sure. But but definitely listen to Chairs Missing and consider it. I mean, it's, it's an amazing album. Okay, that brings us to our last album of this episode. Last oh, punk or new wave album uh, released in August or September of 1978. Now, this is a rundown episode. We've done many rundown episodes. There is something remarkable about this episode. Different than every other rundown episode that we've done so far. Do you know what it is, Rob? I do. Okay. So. Um, well, so we actually haven't done a mini dive. That's right. No mini dive for this um, episode. And I'll tell you why. <clears throat> so last episode, the uh, We Turn One episode, we were talking about how... Um, 
how much joy I get from hearing from our community when they when they tell us the stories of of when they were kids and how they discovered this music and right. how it impacted them growing up and their and the way that they listen to music and the way that they look at the world and I I just I love all of that just that's my very favorite thing Um, so when we were planning this episode originally I was um, intending I mean we had it scheduled that our mini dive would be on 999 and then we did, I keep coming back to this, but we did the um, uh, Dead Boys mini dive. And um, that really shook me up. Um, like, because the thing about the mini dives is when we do a deep dive, we have all of our prep time to get familiar with the catalog of that artist. But when we do a mini dive, we have to listen to all of the other albums that we're going to discuss during, um, during that, the rundown episode, and then get familiar with the full catalog. And sometimes that bit, like with the saints, I did not listen to all of the saints albums more than once you know mm-hmm. i just powered through those because it was you know i had a day or two before so i've been noticing that the bands who that get the mini dives get shortchanged a little bit yeah so there was that and then when i sat down and actually looked at the catalog of 999 they put out a ton of albums. I was not prepared for how many <laughs> albums they they released. Uh-huh. So, you know, there there are some bands um, that are kind of ideal for mini dives because they really only released a couple of albums. Right. So I was grappling with those two things, and perfect timing. We get. Um, a message and it was a direct message um, from a listener and because it was a direct message you know I I don't want to say his name because he may want to keep it private um, mm-hmm. but he he was a local boy uh, born and raised in Northern California and um, he told us about his experience discovering punk and new wave in the late 70s early 80s and he mentions oingo boingo um along with a couple of other um artists but he mentions 999 a couple of times and it was the perfect timing because i was i was going back and forth about whether or not we should be doing a, a mini dive on 999 i see that and i go oh yeah, we need to do a deep dive on these guys. Um, just because you or I aren't that familiar with this band doesn't mean right. that they aren't worthy of a deep dive. Yeah. So um, we changed our plans. Now, we're all 
scheduled out for the rest of the season, so we're not going to get to them this season. But sometime down the road, we are going to do a deep dive on 999 because I think there is a lot there, and yeah. we we definitely won't wouldn't do it justice with just a mini dive. Well, so I'll that's say, I'll say. Yeah, I'll say this. I quite enjoy the 999 I've heard so far. The first album and this one, I I really, really liked them. Um, yeah, so uh, their second album, um, released in 1978, is called Separates. Now, um, in the U.S., it was released under a different name. Yeah, it was, uh, it was released in the U.S. as High Energy Plan which I find kind of interesting. They, one thing they also did was they, they replaced a couple songs mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from the UK version with, with you know, I don't, I don't know why they did that. Uh, yeah. I'll be honest, I like the UK songs, UK tracks better than the US tracks. But Yeah. Um, so, okay, first things first. Do you prefer this album to their first album? Um. I think maybe I do. I think maybe okay. I do. I think so too, but I have so I I've, I've listened to this album 3 or 4 times and mm-hmm. I feel like I need to listen to it a lot more. And in the past we have talked about, you know, uh in the 80s when you went to malls and they had the pixelated pictures where, oh, look, there's a sailboat and you either see it or you don't. <laughs> yeah, I well, never saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, 999 to me is this album is like I've been looking, I've been looking at the the picture and looking at the picture and not seeing the sailboat, not seeing the sailboat. And so I give up and just as I'm turning away out of the corner of my eye, I see the sailboat. So I, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like out of the corner of my eye, I'm just starting to see the odd brilliance of this album. I'm not completely there yet on it, but um, this is a strange album, and I think the the yeah, um, yeah. second half is much more interesting than the first. Right. Um, so it is growing on me, and I can't say that I love it yet, but I definitely need to listen to it a lot more. Um, yeah. wh- uh, I can't wrap my brain around this album. Tell me, tell me how you're feeling about this. Well. I think it's a very strange album as well, but I will say that I, I think I loved it right after the halfway point. Like, you know, second half mm. of the album is, is really where I really enjoy it. I mean, I, I liked quite a bit three or four songs on the first half, but the rest of the second half, I just enjoyed so much. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm kind of crazy about this album. Huh? Now I was, at first, I was really off-put by the um, by the heavy influence of the Who. I mean, right. there is a lot of Who-sounding songs, which is like that's a non-starter for me. Um, but I'm getting past that, and the the lead singer is 
so weird because yeah. <laughs> because he has like he's not a good singer at all. He 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 doesn't have a great voice, and but that's that's not uh, a prerequisite with punk for sure. But he doesn't really have any charisma either. So unlike like a Richard Hell, um, you know, he, he's like. But <laughs> so so I I just I'm off put by the singer. But at the same time, he's got some really interesting ideas. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. And um, yeah, well, his energy is quite different. Um, on this album than it was in the first album. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost like, it's almost hard to believe it's the same band. Um, but but you're right. I, I, I wonder if part of that is, in, you know, I wonder if it's intentional. Uh, I have no idea. I I am so flummoxed by this album in a good way that right. that I just, I feel like unqualified to even speculate about what the fuck is going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, like the song that you picked, let's, let's listen to the song that you picked. This okay. song kind of freaks me out. Um, and what he's doing with his vo voice actually works a lot better than a lot of the songs in the first half where he's doing, yeah. where they're more kind of like straight ahead who want to be who songs. Right. right. Um, so this is uh, your pick called Feeling Alright with the Crow. Like I said, this was the point where all of a sudden I got turned around and I was like, okay, this is one of my favorite albums of the set. It just <laughs> is. Um, and and it it's a strange song. I, I like that you say it freaked you out. I kind of want to hear I kind of want to hear more about that. <laughs> well, I mean it's it, it is it is compelling. It's intriguing. I shouldn't like it at all. I mean, what is he doing with his voice? I, 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 I just, I can't, I mean, this, this song kind of like, my feelings about this song are kind of summarize my feelings about this album. I, I'm just absolutely flummoxed. Um, yeah. You know, the, you know, the, um, Say early Oingo Boingo 
where Danny Elfman was really just playing around with the sounds that his voice could make. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I yeah, remember yeah. hearing yeah. that going, he is so experimental. He is just seeing what he can do. Um, almost like, you know, if, if I like this, then I'm going to do it again. And, and as far as Oingo Boingo, they ended up, you know, he ended up getting the right sound and, and kind of stuck with it. Although his voice tended to flux around and, and move around a lot. And I wonder if maybe the, the lead singer of 999 is kind of in that spot, um, uh, yeah, like, but you know, I would I would say that that Danny Elfman is inherently much more talented as a oh, vocalist and and has yeah. way more power to his voice than yeah. than this guy. We we should not refer to him as this guy. What what is the name of the lead singer? Okay, so the Nick the Nick Cash is the lead singer. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I will tell you, I will tell you a bunch of things that this album is not. This album is not lazy. It is not complacent. It is not safe. It is not comfortable. It is not unadventuresome. I mean, this, I, I feel like <laughs> we need to like hit pause and I need to come back in a week and yeah. give, an, give an update about what I feel about this album. It well, is... you're going to have a chance to do that, my friend, because we're doing a deep dive on the band. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I am, I am so excited about seeing where this band goes because anything's possible. If if the next album is like a bunch of like show tunes sung in Hungarian dialect, I will. Don't think I'll be su that surprised. I mean, <laughs> the, this this band is capable of going any yeah. anywhere at this point, and you know it's tempting to compare them to a band like Wire as far as how unorthodox and adventuresome they are. But the the thing is, I think the big difference, uh, and I'm not talking sound wise, but just approach, is mm -hmm. that. There are bands like Wire where they're very adventuresome, but they have filters. So they go, yeah. okay, well, this works, so we'll use this, and then this doesn't work, so we won't use that. And it doesn't seem like 999 really has that. They're just like, blah, 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 here it is. And that, <laughs> may, be the thing that, that may be the thing that endears them to us, you know? <laughs> yeah. That might so, be why we like them so much. So uh, my my pick, which which freaks me out just as much as, <laughs> as your pick, is a, is a song called "Crime." He took the post office, didn't look back before he could see them. Flush shot through his neck. Don't fight it with crime. Don't fight it with crime. Good choice on crimes. I was I was actually 
that's another song that I, I really enjoyed. And you know what? It kind of freaks me out a little bit, too. <laughs> you know, I almost wonder if they were like the second half of the album really almost feels like they were doing some sort of imaginary rock opera or something. Oh, yeah. OK. Um, yeah. because they, they, there's a very, both of the songs that we picked, there's a very theatrical quality to them. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in the sense that you could almost see characters romping around a stage. Yeah. Um, well, if, if you get a chance, go to YouTube and watch their videos. Um, oh yeah. Because I've seen their videos and you know, uh, Nick Cash definitely has, kind of a theatrical uh, flair to him, as as I think we talked about when we covered him the first album. All right, so um, should separates be in consideration for Best of 1978? My answer is, fuck if I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to consider it just because of that. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's in consideration. Is it going to make it? I'm not so sure, but but, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, my friends, is August and September of 1978. A pretty wild and woolly ride. We're going to end on... Um, well, I really liked the the little teaser that we did last month, so let's do that again. I have no idea what it's going to be, but I'm going to pick a song off of the most obscure album that was released in October of 1978. Yeah. We'll go on out on that. Any of you like super aces who really know their stuff can identify the band. Um, then uh, let us know and we will be duly impressed. Now, before we get to October of 78 we have a deep dive this is we a do. deep dive that's going to come up in two weeks and yeah. what band rob pray tell will be the subject of this month's deep dive well i'm i'm so excited to say that it's the buzzcocks yeah <laughs> well rob my friend this um this was a crazy episode yeah it was it was a lot of fun a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm so amped up now. There's no way I'm going to get to sleep tonight. Okay, everybody. Uh, two weeks. Buzzcocks. It's going to be so much fun. Um, and so I guess we will uh, talk to you then. All right. See ya. See ya.